a series today called Discover Yourself, and you see the D-I-S-C is capitalized. For those of you that were not here last week, uh, it's an acronym, DISC, in which I created a personality profile based on Ezekiel's vision that he had of the four-headed creature in Ezekiel chapter 1 and chapter 10. John had the same exact vision of heaven in Revelation 4, 700 years later, 193 years after Ezekiel 1, Hippocrates, a philosopher that is not in the Bible, created his own study using the Bible, and that is where Fortune 500 companies get all of their flanguin and phlegmatic, sanguine and type A and type B and all these different things. I created a personality profile for us here at Solid Rock so you can know better who God made you to be, so you can um, pursue things that are part of your destiny, because your destiny requires that you be yourself. Um, the personality that God gave you, um, he lines up what he's called you to do based on your personality. And it's easy for us to try to, um, we want somebody to love us so bad, so we change who we are to please them. Or I even know, I know people that are in their 20s and 30s, and they still have not received their father's affirmation. So they will change. They're still trying to, to get into this mold so their father will finally love them and affirm their earthly father, finally love them and affirm them. So they change who they are. And I helped about a, maybe two dozen people this week with the personality test. And the same thing keeps coming up. Whenever you have a hard time figuring out who you are, it's because a lot of times you've been in a manipulative relationship in the past. You've been abused. I can't tell you how many people in this church have been abused by somebody that was supposed to love them and protect them. And, and, and it, it causes them to, um, to hold back who God made them to be. And they feel like, and I gave this analogy last week, you feel like you're drowning. And that person, is, every time you come up for air, they're pushing you back down underwater. And you don't even know who you are. And you spend a decade trying to please your parents or trying to be popular in society and with your friends at school. Or trying to be who your boss wants you to be. You don't even know who God wants you to be. Uh, we can be in the wrong career, and next week I'm going to teach you about career paths based on your personality. I'm going to teach you how to relate to people based on their personality. But um, if you're in the wrong career path, man, it'll mess your soul up. And it may not be some kind of sin or anything like that. You're just going in the wrong direction of what God called you to do. So you have to know who you are. And you have to know who you're not supposed to be so you know what to say no to in life. And you have to know that it's okay to be who you are. Now, there's a lot of modern preachers on TV that love to use the word weakness as a synonym for the word sin. We don't do that here. Sin is sin. We call sin what it is. Sin is disobedience to the Holy Spirit or to God's word. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about weakness. I'm talking about personalities um, in which areas you're not strong in, in which areas you are weak in. Not talking about sin. I am really actually talking about weaknesses. And God gave you the specific strengths he gave you. And I'm going to show you today, he actually gave you the specific weaknesses that he gave you. He wants you to be weak in many, many areas. And I'm going to show you that today. I'm going to show you why. But again, we have to know who we are in Christ. So today in part two, I want to talk to you about this. Strengths and weaknesses. Strengths and weaknesses. Uh, the weaknesses God gave you are actually part of your destiny. The strengths he gave you are actually part of your destiny. And it's very easy for us to look at somebody else's strengths and feel like, man, I wish I had that. you got to look to what God called you to have, what, what he put inside of you. And, and, and a lot of times it's so easy for us to envy other people or, or, or the opposite. Sometimes we can be critical because they don't have the same strengths that we have. Of course, this comes from Revelation 4 and Ezekiel 1 where it says, I looked up and saw the four living creatures as for their faces. The man was on the front, the lion on the right, the ox on the left, and the eagle on the back. And for those of you that were not here last week, um, the traits, the characteristics, the strengths and weaknesses of these four different personality types 
are congruent for, from Genesis to Revelation, the entire Bible. You see the same strengths and weaknesses with the ox. And, and, and they say the same strengths and weaknesses with the eagle and with men. They all have their own characteristics. And that's where all of these personality profiles that every company in the world uses. Um, I have the picture here of last Sunday where it shows the different strengths. And the bottom is the weakness, the critical C, the, the, the D that can be too much of a driver, things of that nature. But when I first started studying this, I was maybe in my early 20s. It was right before I was going to start pastoring. And um, I started, I realized, you know, that there's different personalities and all these, these revelations of how we're supposed to be who God meant to be. And I started working on it and I got incredibly depressed because I discovered what my personality is. I'm a D.I. And I thought, oh God, I wanted to be a pastor and how can I do that when people don't like D's, they like the S's. The S's are the most part. Their S's are so calm and sweet and steady. And I started feeling like I'm a failure. And why do I have this personality? And I don't want to be this. And maybe I can change myself. And maybe if I pray hard enough, I can be this other personality type. And about that time, my mom called me up. And I'm, how are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just really depressed. She said, why is it, mom? I'm studying all these personality things in the Bible. And I don't like who I am. And I just I want to be something else. And she said, what are you talking about? And so I sent her. I emailed her all the stuff I've been studying. About three hours later, my mom called me up. She's a high S. She said, Joe Paul, I'm so depressed. I don't want to be an S. I don't like being so slow and stuff. I, I want to be a doer. I want to get there. I want to be outgoing like you, John Paul. I want to be able to get stuff done. I said, Mom, I want to be like you. I want to be loving and sweet and kind. And we just sat back crying, you know. Why can't I be like you? And she wanted to, why can't I be like you? First Timothy 4.12 says, let nobody think well, little of you. Look well to yourself to your own personality, to your own personality. Um, years ago in Thailand, uh, the government of Thailand wanted to put a freeway in, and in the middle of where that freeway was supposed to go, in the middle of that path, there was a huge 50-foot religious statue that had been there for hundreds of years. It was greatly revered by the people. They, they, they looked up to it. They, they loved This is like part of this particular city, uh, a thing that tourists came to look at. And so they had to move it. And it was hundreds of years old, so they had to be very, very careful. They got all these construction workers and cranes and all these people. And as they started to try to move it under the truck, a piece of the clay began to crack up top. And so they all just stood back and they reorganized themselves and regrouped and they tried again. They tried again and more clay began to crack. Everyone was getting so upset, so they called in more helpers from other cities. Uh, they finally decided to wrap the entire statue up. They ended up putting it on the truck. They drove it several miles down the road to its new location. When they unwrapped it and was getting ready to take it off the truck, lo and behold, all of a sudden, a huge piece of clay just fell completely off of the statue. I mean, everyone just gasped in fear. They couldn't believe this happened. But as they looked up from the ground, they noticed something that shocked everyone that was there. There was this, this shiny substance coming through the inside of the statue. They discovered later that the statue was made of pure gold. The clay was a facade. It was never supposed to stay on the outside. When it was built hundreds of years before, some war battle took place right after they finished the statue. So the people that did it never did take the clay off after the gold had hardened on the inside. They thought the statue was worth about $35,000. It turns out it was worth $35 million because the entire inside was pure gold. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, We are like clay pots in which treasure is stored, that the exceeding greatness of God's power may be shown. When you look in the mirror, you may think you're nothing but clay, but I'm telling you, the more time you spend with your Creator, 
The more time you spend with the one who created your personality, your soul, and the only one who can restore that soul, the more gold will come shining through your life. Every single one of us, every one of us have gold on the inside. We have something so special, so unique, so, um, so priceless that God himself put inside of us. So I have, I have two points for you today. The first point is this. The goal for our strengths is for us to simply say, thank you, Jesus. God gave you the strengths that he gave you on purpose. Thank you, Jesus, for these strengths. Philemon 1.6 says, our faith becomes effectual when we acknowledge everything good inside of us. Our faith, some of you are so good at praising other people, so good at seeing their qualities. When is the last time you recognize? And that, that handout I gave you last week has 400 strengths. Surely you can find at least 100 strengths that God has put on the inside of you. Um, now, I want to go over some of the high, some of the high personality strengths. Out of curiosity, how many of you, um, you the, the high D resonated with you, or you have a lot of high D inside of you? Really? Oh, y'all do not need to hang out with each other. None of you need to hang You will kill each other. Please avoid other high Ds. Um, how many of you are in relationship with the high D? Okay, here we go. Okay, so the high D strengths, and you don't have to write them all down. You can just write one or two that kind of that go along with who you are. But high Ds are great in emergencies. They're natural leaders. They handle change very well. They won't give up. They're visionaries. They can see the big picture. Uh, Job 4.11 says the lion perishes for a lack of prey. They're goal-oriented. Proverbs 28.1, the righteous are as bold as a lion. They're ambitious. Amos 3.8, the lion has roared who will not fear. Lions have no fear. No, the high Ds, they fear nothing. Nothing at all. The only thing they fear is not getting something done today. Uh, Proverbs 30, 30, a lion mighty among beasts who retreats before nothing. They love challenges. They have to be challenged on a regular basis. So here's some famous high Ds for your notes. King David was a high D. Uh, the Apostle Paul, high D. Joshua. Remember, and, and I just want you to know, when God speaks to people in the Bible, he actually spoke to them based on their personality. He told Joshua over and over, be strong and courageous. Take the land at once. Man, a high D. God never told Joshua be calm and peaceful. No, no, he always spoke to their strengths when he spoke to them. Um, Clint Eastwood's a high D. Margaret Thatcher, high D. Look what Paul said in 1 Timothy 6. Fight the good fight of faith. High Ds love a good fight. They will, And listen, don't ever fight with a D. If you're married to a D, don't ever fight. I promise you will not win. Even if you think you win, you didn't win. You will never win in a fight. You could be 100% right and they are 100% wrong. You will not win the battle with the high D. So just... Avoid any kind of fights with them. High eye strengths. They get excited. Bursts of energy. First to volunteer. They're also the first to quit, by the way. But they're the first to volunteer. How many got high eye in you? How many are high eye personalities? All the excited bunch. Yes, yes, yes. High eye personalities. Wow. Y'all are the loud ones, aren't you? Y'all are the ones that, 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 that sing loud during praise and worship. You get everybody excited. They're, they're, they're willing, <laughs> there's a high eye right there. Pastor Matt is the highest eye. If you want to know a high eye... Pastor Matt is, woo, he's way up there. He is the highest eye. I don't mean high, I mean high. He's the high. Um, they're willing to reach out to strangers. They're affectionate. They're creative. They discern the feelings of others. They find humor in catastrophe. They're comedic. They're spontaneous. They're great on a stage. Uh, for all of you high eyes, Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want you to listen. Your strength comes from your joy. But listen, other people's joy is not your responsibility. Okay, so high eyes, if someone else is not happy, it's not your fault. Their strength has to come from the Lord, not from you. 
highs, love them, they want everyone else to be excited and happy. If that person's not excited and happy, it's not your fault. Famous high highs. Now, Jesus is the only human being with all four, um, with all four top high, high personality gifts. But the reason I put Jesus in this high eye is because we don't see that a lot when we read the Bible. Because when you read the Bible, you're reading it from your own personality. You don't hear the, the, the volume of Jesus' voice. You don't hear the excitement in his voice. You don't hear how loud or, or, or how quick he talks. You read it based on your personality. But 80 times in the Gospels, he's called the Son of Man, the high eye of the man. 80 times. And so um, I'll, I'll read you some scripture in a second. But Deborah in the Bible, high eye, Robin Williams, Dolly Parton, Will Ferrell, Wayne Brady, Ronald Reagan. If you look at any videos of Ronald Reagan, he always starts with a joke. And he gets the whole crowd. Democrats and Republicans both love him because he knows how to get everybody on the same page. Jesus said in Luke 10, 21, it says, Jesus was overjoyed and rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit. You might think Jesus was very calm and quiet and just sitting around like a shepherd. No, he was loud. He was great in a crowd. He was great getting people together. Matthew 21, 12 says that Jesus flipped over the tables, flipped over the, can you imagine this little quiet shepherd of a man walking into a building and literally flipping over people's tables and chairs? That's the high eye there. High S, where are the high S's? Let me see the high S's. Yeah, you probably won't raise your hand because you don't want to be noticed or anything like that, but it's okay. You calm, quiet, loving people. High S's, they're pleasant. They avoid strife. They will never file for a divorce. Now, that's a good thing unless you're being abused. If you're being abused or you're in a relationship that is incredibly unhealthy, S's, listen, you got you to gotta do what you got to do, even if it causes a little, bit of, um, a little bit of contention or a little bit of a fight. But they'll never file for a divorce, even if they're getting beat, even if they're getting talked down to every day, they won't do it. Uh, they want peace in every relationship. They're likable. They're easy to please. All a S wants is stability. If you're married to an S, if you just let them know the bills are paid, uh, everybody's got clothing and food, they will be the happiest campers in the world. That's all they want is stability. Is, am I right, high S's? Yeah, y'all are so quiet. That's okay. Um, high S's. So let's see what else we got here. Uh, they love to enjoy the moment. Um, if you cannot get along with an S, you have major problems, okay? So if you're married to an S and there's a fight, it's your fault. It's your fault if there's a fight you're married to an S. Even if you're right, if there's strife or rape, if an S has to raise their voice, listen real close, it's been bottling up inside of them for a long time. And when the S speaks about their pain or their hurt, they can't even verbalize what they're feeling. So whatever they're saying, multiply it times 10, because that's really what they're feeling on the inside. If you're married to an S, or if your child is an S, if you have a child that's an S and they come to you and I'm, I'm, I'm scared, I'm worried, you need to really listen to what they're saying because it took a lot for them to actually say how they were feeling. Uh, Job 39.10 says this, uh, will the ox content to serve you? They're the biggest servants. Will he stay by your manger at night? They're faithful. Will he till the valleys for you? They're long lasting. Will you rely on his great strength? Will you leave your work for him? Can you trust him to bring in your grain? They're dependable, very dependable. Job 40, 15 says, like an ox eats grass. Um, the man, the eagle, and the lion are all meat eaters, okay? To be a meat eater, you have to attack and kill. The ass will never attack anybody. The ass is so stable, so quiet. They, they love to be behind the scenes. Um, they're grass eaters. That doesn't mean you're a vegan. I'm just telling you. It's, a, it's an analogy, okay? Um, let's see. So in Exodus chapter 1, I love this. In Exodus 1, when Ezekiel, I'm sorry, in Ezekiel 1, when he has his vision of the four-headed creature, uh, he talks about that there's a, there's a lion, there's a man, there's an eagle, and there's an ox, right? 
He has the same vision again in chapter 10, but the ox is replaced with an angel. If you want to know the personality of the angels, your guardian angel, it's an S. The only three angels that have a D personality were um, the three archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. All the other angels, if you ever had a child and you said, man, that child is such an angel, is a high S personality. They're faithful. They'll stick by your side forever and ever and ever. They're reliable. They can do the same thing every single day and be happy. They love to serve. They love to serve. So, and, and, and I'm going to tell you in a little bit that the greatest battle for S's. It's very important that you understand what it is. But S's love to serve. Uh, famous high S's, the Apostle John. Okay, high S's, they love to tell long stories. My God, do they tell long stories. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have five times the stories as John. Because every time John tells a story in the gospel, just read it. It is the longest, sweetest, most loving story you've ever heard. Remember, John's the one that just wanted to lay on Jesus' side and just enjoy the moment. And, and the whole time you're thinking, John, get to the point. Get to the point. What are you trying to say? Mother Teresa was a high S. Gandhi was a high S. Um, high C personality. They're strengths. They're good stewards. They're the best tithers because they're the best money managers. They're God-fearing, self-sacrificing. They're usually musically gifted. They love schedules. Um, the high C lives longer than any of the other um, personality traits, by the way. Um, they're, they're, they're genius prone. These are the doctors. These are the surgeons. Uh, they're very, very disciplined all by themselves. They don't need anyone to help them uh, be disciplined. They're disciplined all by themselves. Jeremiah 49, 16, you build your nest as high as the eagles. They have incredibly high standards. It has to be done correctly. Not now, but it has to be done correctly. The sea has to make sure it's done right. Deuteronomy 32, 11, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, they're tremendously loyal to their immediate family. Proverbs 30, 19, there are things too amazing for me to understand. The way of an eagle, they're incredibly intelligent. Famous high seas. Moses was a high sea. Sherlock Holmes, the character himself, is a high sea. Meryl Streep is a high sea. Albert Einstein is a high sea. How many of you are the high seas in this room? You intelligent, really, that many. C, C, S, Mary, or just C? Just C or C, S? Both C and S, I thought. Wow, y'all are very, we, we, see, y'all are the ones that, that, that do all the math and the numbers, and y'all make sure everything is good, and y'all make sure everything's done well behind the scenes, but you love doing it by yourself, and that's totally okay. It's weird, but it's okay. Okay, so point number two is this. Just kidding, goal for your weaknesses. Here's your weakness goals. I need Jesus. Your strengths is thank you, Jesus. Your weaknesses is I need you. Now, watch this. The Apostle Paul, who wrote half the New Testament and did so much for God, he begged God three times in prayer, please remove this weakness. And here's what the Lord said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is everything that you need. My power is most effective in your weakness, not in your strength. My power is effective in your weakness. You, in other words, you'll see me move in your life based on your weakness. So Paul said, I quit focusing on my weakness and I began appreciating my gifts. And here's what God was saying. God was saying, Paul, um, the strengths I've already given you, you don't need me there. It's the areas where you recognize you're weak. That's where I want to show myself strong in your life. Let me say this. I've never once prayed for God to give me boldness, ever. I've never prayed for God to give me courage, ever. I've never prayed for God to help me get something done. You know what I pray for? I pray for patience. I pray for me to just slow down a little bit. I pray, Lord, help me relax today. I need God in the area of my weaknesses. He's already given me my strengths. 
That's why it's very important you recognize your weaknesses. Um, focus on your strengths and let God deal with your weaknesses. How horrible would it be to be in a relationship with somebody that always wanted to fix you or change you based on your weaknesses? You know how detrimental that is to a relationship? Imagine with my five kids and all of them have incredible strengths, but as I parented them through the years, I always focused on their weaknesses. Well, why can't you be do more quicker in this area? Why can't you be calmer in this area? Why can't you be more outgoing in this area? How horrible would that be? God doesn't even do that to you. Do you know that? That as God relates with you and grows with you and you build your relationship, he doesn't even focus on your weaknesses. When he does things in your life, he focuses on your strengths. If a weakness comes up, he's like, ask me for help and I'll move in your life. He, it's, the most, it's the most insane thing to be married to somebody and the whole marriage, they want to change you and fix you. And here's what they're really doing. They're saying this. I have strengths that you don't have and you need my strengths. The reason you're together is because you have different strengths. That's why we need each other. That's why we come together as a church body. If I had all the strengths, I wouldn't need you. I wouldn't need anybody on staff here. I wouldn't need anyone to help me. If I, I, and, and so instead of me trying to change everybody else, I focus on their strengths just like I want them to focus on my strengths. And remember when God called Moses to go speak to Pharaoh, right? Okay, if God told you, I need you to talk for me to the most influential, you know, most, 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 most powerful man in the world at the time, I need you to talk for me. What's the one strength you think God would have already given you? You'd think courage or, no, the ability to talk. That'd be the first thing, right? I want you to talk for me. Okay, I need to be able to talk. That's really important that you ask me to do this for you. Exodus 4.10, Moses said, Lord, don't send me. I'm a poor speaker. I st 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 stutter. I st st stammer. I have a heavy and a, 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 a awkward tongue. The thing God asked him to do was in the area of something he could not do. So here's how the Lord responded in verse 11. Who made the human mouth? You think he's about to heal it, right? Who makes people hear and speak and see? Is it not I? At that moment, I'm sure Moses thought, he's about to, he's about to fix my mouth. It's about to, he's about to give me that strength. And then the Lord said, bring your brother Aaron. He speaks fluently. <laughs> you know what God was saying? I want you to rely on somebody that has the strength that I've given them for this part of your, there's this, there's this horrible teaching around the body of Christ. You don't need to rely on anybody. You don't need anybody. Yes, we need each other. Yes, we do. If we didn't need people, why would God give Eve to Adam? He needed her. There was something she had that he wanted that he didn't have. And the, the same thing with us. The reason and God will put people in your path that have those strengths for you to connect with. And then I don't need you. I just need to pray for God to give me this. He did. He gave it to you in the relationship with that person. Very important. That, that's, that's really good sermon stuff right there. That was all great. Okay. So, so you know what? You know what's interesting? So Moses thought, okay, I'm going to bring Aaron. He speaks to it. Do you know by the time they got to Pharaoh, Moses actually spoke. He actually, had, he actually did what he was supposed to do. But just knowing, okay, this person's strength, they're with me. They're connected to me. They're going to help me in this area of my life. Man, it's so important that we recognize how much we need each other the body of Christ. Okay, high D weaknesses, okay? I'm not going to look at you when I say this because you D's will kill me. But anyway, here's the high D weaknesses. They're very direct. They're always thinking in their mind, no matter who's talking, they're always thinking this. Get to the point. They're impatient. They can't relax until a project is complete. They lack empathy. They're arrogant. 
and they can't say, <laughs> I can't even read it. Anyway, and so, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. They can't say that they were wrong. Okay, so um, Genesis 49.9, like a lion who dares provoke him. They're incredibly intimidating to confront. And I told you last week that Donald Trump's a high D, and um, I'll list a few more in a second. The thing about the high D is, is out of all the personality gifts, the high D can be used greatly by the devil, just as equal as he or she can be used by Jesus. And I'll show you that. 1 Peter 5.8, the devil roams around like a roaring Lying. You know, Lucifer is a high D. Remember, he was in charge of all the worship, uh, seeking whom he may devour. But here's the good news, Revelation 5, 5. The lion of the tribe of Judah has triumphed. Jesus from the root of David. So the high D can do great things. Here's the biggest battle for the high D, okay? Biggest battle. This is the area in which you say, I need Jesus, okay? The biggest battle for the high D is pride. It is their big, obviously, right? Obviously. You're like, we knew that. We could have we told you that. Other high D's. King Saul was a high D. The devil's a high D. Hillary Clinton is a high D. Uh, Hit oh, wow. <laughs> Hitler is a high D. Don't confuse those two, by the way. Anyway, high weaknesses. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm not going to look at you, but I'm joking. High weaknesses. High. Ready? They're the first to quit. They have outbursts of anger, and then they forget about it. Now, let me tell you something. Where are my highs again? Y'all aren't shy. Highs! Where are you, highs? Woo! Okay, listen, when you speak out of your emotions, when you speak out of your emotions, listen real close, the next day when those emotions are no longer there, the thing you said the day before, it's still carrying incredible death and weight. But just because you don't feel it anymore, you think it's no big deal. Other people are still feeling what you said. So be very, very careful. Um, they make bad financial decisions. They're the first to get into pyramid schemes. They want to sell Amway. They want to sell Mary Kay. They want to do all that. They get their priorities out of order. They're easily distracted, and they answer for other people. Um, uh, Hebrews 12, 11, high eyes. Discipline at the time seems painful, but afterwards it produces peace. Discipline is very hard for high eyes. John 17, 4, Jesus said, I brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. High eyes, if you volunteer for something, Finish it. Now, all you high eyes that sign up for our short groups and you come to two of them and then you, we don't see you the rest of the time, if you put your name on that paper, you better show up to those six times. It's only six times for heaven's sakes, high eyes. Finish what you start. Here's the biggest battle for high eye. Control your tongue. If a high eye knows how to control their tongue, they can be the greatest influencers in large groups. But they can also hurt the most people with their tongue. Other high eyes. Peter was a high eye. He was the first to jump out of the boat. Peter had to be anywhere where there was fun. Right? Remember the Mount of Transfiguration? Oh, it's so good that I'm here. Elijah and Moses are here. And you think we care about you? Peter had to be where any. If, you if you're watching The Chosen, just, just let, watch Peter. Always had to be involved in everything. Oprah Winfrey's a high. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. <laughs> Muhammad Ali. High. Okay. High S weaknesses. Substance abuse. 90% um, of all alcoholics and drug addicts are high S's. Here's why. They can be talked into anything. If they're, if they're, if they're unhealthy, they can be lazy. They aren't self-motivating. They run from conflict and responsibility. They can be unorganized at home. They can be the spectator just watching everybody else do the work. And they resent being pushed. 
And they're incredibly long storytellers. Isaiah 1.3 says the ox needs a master. Um, the, the, the S has to have a leader. I'm going to talk to you about that in my career part next week. But the S, if you have an S in your company or that works for you, you have to have a detailed step-by-step. -step. Here's how you will succeed. If you give them that, they'll do it the rest of their life. They'll be faithful and you can count on them every single day. But they have to be led. They have to have to be shown exactly what to do. Um, for the male high S, for all the male high S's, um, your entire marriage and your self-esteem hinges upon you getting a solid career. A career in which you can do the same thing if you need to every day. A career that brings peace. A career you can work 40 hours a week and get a paycheck. And I want to tell you all the high S's. Um, money and being rich does not mean you're successful. So even if your wife makes more money than you or your friend makes more money or whatever, if you have a job that you work 40 hours a week, you pay your bills, you're a faithful tither, your children got food, you're a very successful S. Very, very successful. So don't look at everyone else and think, well, I'm not as successful as them. No, faithfulness is an incredibly uh, attractive trait that sometimes we ignore in the people we're in relationship with. Okay? The biggest battle for high S is this. They have to, have, they have to know they're appreciated. They have to know. So if you're married to a high S, you have to let them know they are appreciated. Because they're so faithful to do things behind the scenes and no one even notices them. No one notices that they're there every single week. No one notices they're doing what they were asked to do with such a good attitude every single day. We don't notice them. They're by, and I'm actually going to show you in the next few weeks, out of all the personality traits, the S gets more reward in heaven than all the rest. And I'll show you why. So that's going to be very exciting. Other high S's, Samson was a high S. <laughs> He could be talking in anything. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, Aaron was a high S in the Bible. Joe Biden is a high S. Remember when Moses went up on the mountain and he said, Aaron, you're in charge. I'm putting you in charge, okay? I'm going to go get the Ten Commandments. You stay here and watch people. So Aaron's in charge, and all the people are like, we want a golden calf. We want to, you know, dishonor God and do our own thing. It'll make us happy. And so Aaron just let him do it. And Moses comes down the mountain and said, what the heck are you doing, man? And Exodus 32, 24, here's what the high S said. The people gave me the gold, and when I threw it in the fire, out came this gas. <laughs> it wasn't. They talked. They made me do it. I didn't do it. It just turned into a calf all on its own. <laughs> I see weaknesses. I see they're socially awkward. They don't respond well to praise. You tell them how good they did, they just look at you like they don't understand. They, are. they battle condemnation. They think in their mind, nothing I do is good enough. They hold back affection a lot of times. They have selective hearing. They can become martyrs and sulk about it. They hold in anger, frustration for years, and they have a constant internal pressure that people don't even understand. They don't even know they have that pressure on the inside. Micah 1.16 says, shave your heads in mourning, make yourself as bald as the eagle. Most high seas have very serious facial expressions because they're always thinking very deeply about one thought. And they can think that one thought for hours. They always have very unusual facial expressions. The, the, the biggest battle for high seas is negativity. Negativity, And I'm going to tell you why that is their battle. I want you to understand why that is their battle. Uh, let me read you the scripture and I'll explain it. Psalms 103.5 says, He satisfies my life with good things, so my youth is renewed like the eagles. Eagles have such a tremendous eyesight, they can see objects sometimes up to 400 miles away. Because they see all the details, because they see what needs to be fixed and what's wrong in the situation, they can come across negative and critical because they're always pointing out what needs to be fixed, what is incorrect. So the high C needs to realize, when, when, before you open up your mouth, you need to think about all the good things that God has satisfied your life with. 
You don't always have to bring out what's wrong, okay? You can let some things go. You, or you can fix it yourself and not even talk about it. But it's, the high C's can also be very critical and negative. Other high C's, Charles Darwin is a high C. Um, Socrates is a high C. King Solomon, high C. Bill Gates, high C. You know, high C's are brilliant. King Solomon, the Bible says people travel from all over the world just to hear him talk, just to hear his wisdom, because they're so intelligent. Um, last scripture, and I'll tell you a story and let you go. Ephesians 2.10 says we are God's very own handiwork recreated in Christ Jesus. Our value comes from the person that gave us our personality, okay? Um, several years ago, this sculptor who lived on an island in the Bahamas was walking around one day, and he came by this huge plantation that was owned by the richest man on the entire island. It was a huge white house, acres and acres of green flowing grass, there were palm trees all over the sides and the corners. And on the property, there was a, a pile of discarded tree trunks just sitting there. So the sculptor saw the plantation owner outside. He said, hey, um, can, you, can I buy one of those you know, tree trunks from you? The plantation owner said, if you want a dirty, old, dead piece of wood, you can have it. Just take it. The sculptor was so excited, so he carried it back to his little hut down the road. And he sat down. He spent hours analyzing it. Finally, he began to work. He carved with exact precision day after day after day. About a week later when he finished, it was the most beautiful, majestic eagle with its wings stretched out, its claws were back. It was looked like it was soaring in the air. The details were incredible. About a week later it went by, he sat it outside of his little hut and the plantation owner that he got the trunk from was walking by and he saw the eagle and he asked the sculptor, he said, where did you get that? I'll give you a thousand dollars for it. The sculptor agreed. The man paid him the money. He picked up the eagle and started walking back to his plantation. When he got down the road, the sculptor yelled out, you know, you just gave me a thousand dollars for that old discarded tree trunk that you gave me for free just a few weeks ago. A few more days went by. The sculptor was walking by the plantation's owner's home. And the sign out front said, tree trunks for sale, $1,000 each. <laughs> Sometimes other people may not see your value. They may not see what's on the inside. They may see the weaknesses. They may focus on the things they shouldn't be focused on. Listen, that's okay. You are priceless based on the fact that God created you as an individual with the exact personality he wants you to have. And I promise your spouse may not can bring it out, your friends may not, bring it, but God will bring out the person, bring out the eagle, the man, the ox, the lion, whoever he created you to be, God will be the one that turns you into the most beautiful, beautiful person you could ever imagine. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that's the strengths and weaknesses. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Y'all did good.